And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello and welcome to another edition of the We Army podcast. Um, this week it's Mickey Brennan and it's uh, Davy Risman. We have nobody from the county board this week, uh, uh, Davy. We've, we've neither Kieran nor Brian, but they've been missing in action, I suppose, since the football uh, uh, and hurling was called to a halt. But like you know, they are they are all still busy in the in the Mead County Board, and we've had Seamus Kenny and Conor O'Donnell who want to us, and they're going to do a podcast with us during the week. They're going to bring us up to speed on everything that's happening and uh, discuss new formats that they're thinking of bringing into the into the BGA. Yeah, even Mickey, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a good one. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one myself, just to get a better idea of you know where we're at and where the lads see things progressing to in terms of you know championship. Is it going to be a knockout championship? Is it going to be a reduced group format in the championship? Is it going to be you know a backdoor system? Very interesting to find that out. Obviously, leagues, regional competitions, they'll come into question too. So, um, And obviously, because Connor and Seamus were heavily involved in the restructuring process last year, you know, it'll be very interesting to get their, their views on kind of, will that be now delayed a year as a result of kind of what's happened and everything like that. So um, that'll be a great one for people to look out for later on this week. Yeah, of course, Connor is on the National Fixtures Review Committee. I think that's the new one that was set up only a few weeks ago. And then, sure, like uh, Seamus is on the Playing Rules Committee. So they might have, they might have some uh, ideas of what may happen. I don't think they'll have concrete news for us on what way the championships will be run. I think that's still yet to be decided by the GEA, and it'll all depend on whether we come out of lockdown on time or whatever. But it will be very good, very interesting to have them on um, and to do the podcast with us this week. Uh, Davey, um, I suppose uh, I've had loads of messages coming into me directly about the uh, podcast you did recently with Davey Nelson. An absolutely fascinating man. We do have to apologise for the for the Wi-Fi again. Unfortunately, there are some pockets around Ireland or around Mead that seem to be more hit with uh, bad um, Wi-Fi um, and, and broadband. But again, everybody's saying fascinating man and he started the conversation as well everybody is saying that like in the future he he will be getting his chance as mead manager obviously we have our mead manager in place at the moment with andy McEntee. but in years to come davy nelson might be a man that could uh, take the take the take the wheel yeah absolutely uh, like for me whenever andy you know his tenure does come to a close whenever that might be it could be 10 years time he davy would definitely be at the forefront of my thinking as regards coming in to replace him, I mean, we all know about, you know, how enthusiastic he is about the game and, and the way he looks at it. And, you know, 
very interesting to listen to. You know, you could just sit there and, and listen to him talk to you all, all night long. Do you know that kind of way? Um, what I thought was interesting from it, though, is the fact that, you know, he's, he's in his third stint now with Navin Amatnis. And fair enough, he had a brief, um, brief year or two maybe with Trim, but he came up against Navin Amatnis. And he says, you know, yeah. he says for some lads that works coming up against their own clubs, but for him, he says it was just torture and never again. And, and I, uh, you know, I know a lot of managers, I know like Kate Henry in her own club would never manage a club in the same grade as us. But Davey kind of went one further to say that he'd never manage another team in Mead. And that, that kind of led to his ventures then outside of the county and all that. And I mean, he's, as well as that, he's got great experience with the Mead under-21s. Admitted, you know, that maybe at the time it was probably a, a mistake maybe taking that job. And he learned from it. And then you look at what he's done with the Mead juniors over the last two or three years. And he's definitely done his apprenticeship, if you look at it like that, in terms of, you know, county and club experience. So, um I I definitely look to him uh, to be a, to be a future mead manager if of course he he takes it and he spoke about it being a full time job and everything like that now which it is so um, interesting uh, points from Davy as always but even even outside of football Mickey you know you heard him talking about the COVID you know COVID nineteen mm. in depth and that's that's the beauty about Davy you know he doesn't just kind of touch upon subjects he really goes into it with a with a fine tooth comb and uh, analyzes things but uh, yeah fascinating character. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, a, a manager who's, who's travelled around as well, he's been in Loud, he's been in Monaghan, he's been in Cavan, um, and obviously Trim and Navin O'Matton, he's, he's done a stint. He, he's, he's, uh, he's a very experienced manager and, you know, he's been relatively successful outside the county as well. Yeah, and, and funny that the first stint outside the county, I think, was in Gowan and Cavan, and um, that really came about because the way the meet under 21 job finished for him. And, and he said it quite openly. He says he was sacked, you know, he didn't, he wanted to stay on with that job, but he wasn't, you know, deemed, he was deemed surplus to requirements. And at that stage, he'd obviously left Navin O'Matney's for the first time, didn't want to take another club in Mead. So he says the gown opportunity came up and it was something that he felt he needed to get outside the county, you know, get a little bit more experience and just, get out of the limelight in Mead and stuff for, for a while and watch club football from afar and uh, was an excellent experience as you, you know you'd probably be I don't know were you playing at that stage of Cavan no uh, I would have been yeah like yeah. he said that they were very close at that stage you know and talked about how ultra competitive Cavan club football is um, and how much he took from that going into a similar championship in Monaghan then two or three years later and of course went on to win a senior crown there yeah, yeah, it was absolutely fascinating, and 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 at the time around that two thousand and four five time in Cavan, he would have been coming up against an unbelievable Cavan Gales team, um, who I think won ten out of eleven senior championships at that stage. So you know, and 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 he was right; it was so competitive there in Cavan. Kingscourt, Cavan Gales, Mullahoran, Gowna, um, uh, Crusher Law. You know, you, you you had some really really top teams at the time, and. Uh, you know, you were really fighting for second place in Cavan when Cavan Gales were at their at their peak. Um, as well as uh, talking to Davy Nelson, we've also uh, managed to get Brian Stafford, um, and we've got an interview with him. Um, you haven't heard it yet, Davy, but no. um, absolutely fascinating. The quiet man of the Mead team back in the day. He explains one of my favourite questions all the time is, you know, do you remember being called in? 
to the mm. to the Mead team and, and and how it came about. And he was a, he was a shy individual and a quiet man. And it, they'd been trying to get him in for a couple of years. And he was playing under twenty one with Maddie Kerrigan. And uh, Maddie said to him, "There's a man here who wants to see you after a game." And he says, "Who is it?" And he goes, "Sean Biden." He goes, "Maddie, do you think I'm good enough to play for the Mead senior team?" And he says. <laughs> Yeah, you're definitely good enough to play for the Mead senior team. And he says that was one of the points at which he started to believe in himself. And then Sherlock, the rest is history. I was just looking back. I was just looking back over his scoring ratios. Um, he played, oh, here's one for you, Davy. He had 41 appearances for Mead. What was his average tally per game in 41 games? Hmm. I'd say seven or eight points a game. Six points a game in, in I, I, 40, 41 games. Well that, well, that is remarkable. Considering, I mean, he obviously had bigger tallies in other games, but the amount of big games he would have played in, and I'm talking Leinster finals, All-Ireland semi-finals, All-Ireland finals, like consistently clocking over six, seven points a game in games of that magnitude is just phenomenal stuff. And um, even just for me, looking back, and I obviously wasn't around to watch him when he was playing, but even watching games in the last three or four weeks, you know, and, and seeing how important and how much of a focal point he was for Mead back then um, and an unerringly accurate, you know, place kicker off the ground, just savage. Un- unbelievable. Like, and, you know, there's very few games where he didn't score and there's very few games, like, where he's not the highest scorer on the field. Um, like, going through 87, like... He scored 33 points in, in, in 87 in five games. Seven points in the first round, 10 points in the second round, five points in the Leinster final, four points in the semi-final and seven points in the final. It, like, and, and it just goes on, 88, the same. I, think, I don't think he might have scored a point or two in the Leinster final, but like six points in the first round, semi-final eight points. All-Ireland semi-final, nine points, and then seven points. Or sorry, eight points in the drawn game, seven points in the replay. Like it, and I just went through, down through all of the games <laughs> in championship. And it is absolutely scary, so it is. You know, uh, it's like just... a, a, Mickey, imagine four or, point, four or five points a game bringing your ratio down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <it's> scandalous stuff. <laughs> in, 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 in 89, right, in three games, he scored 119. Seven points, one goal and seven, and five points. It, like, and it just, he, he was an unsung hero on that Mead team. Look, everybody knew how good Brian Stafford was, and we all rated him and the whole lot. But you had big personalities on that Mead team. Yeah. And big personalities either side of him, Bernard Flynn and Colin O'Rourke, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. just, just, just phenomenal. Yeah, no, I, he was the gel in between them two and... Uh, you know, it's it's gas because for every two mad, I was going to say something, but mad fellas will say you always have one quiet man, as you termed, uh, you know, Brian Stafford, and I, I think that's important as well. But I mean, and I'm really looking forward to listening to it. But like his, how level-headed he was for the player he was, you know, and and we all see some players getting massive egos for themselves, and you know, when they're when they're kicking scores like that, particularly at the level he was, but. You know his his um, the class of the man, I suppose. The, you know the fact yeah. that he never got too big for his own boots. Uh, you know, spoke volumes for me about him. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing it, Mickey. There's a couple of absolutely brilliant anecdotes in it, and one of them is like he he spotted Trevor Giles 
from a mile away at an underage uh, uh, training session. Um, and it's funny, I said to him, you know, Trevor Giles became very similar to him on the football pitch. You know, a man, a quiet man, went about his business, did his job, played his football, you know, and they had very, very similar characteristics as pure and utter gentlemen. No dirt, no, you know what I mean, like, and free takers, just two good, honest men. And for the younger listeners out there, again, if you want to be a free taker, Brian says it, you know, there's nothing special to being a free taker other than practice. And, you know, if you want to be the best at what you do, you have to practice, practice, practice. And one of the questions he was asked was about, you know, did he ever feel pressure kicking into the hill um, uh, against Dublin? Mm. And he, he, he says, like, I'm not being cocky He says, no, I didn't. He says, because I knew I'd done the work. And he says, I could hear them, but I used to just kick, put the ball down. And he says, it was, it was like second nature to him. He says, the only time I really felt pressure was in the in the late, later in the 90s before he retired and I yeah. said so that, that was because Trevor Giles was on the field beside <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> brilliant <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I says like a Dublin man never put pressure on you a Mead man put pressure on you but yeah look a fascinating um, a, a look into his life as a, as a footballer for Mead and obviously with Kilmaine and Mud you know like he was part of when he started naming the names to me on that Kilmaine and Mud team that won the yeah. championship Absolutely fabulous footballers. But again, get over there to our Patreon services, Patreon forward slash We Are Me. You'll get the Davy Nelson. We get all of our all of our um, interviews. But recently, we did Davy Nelson and Brian Stafford. Coming up in the next few days, we're going to hopefully have the one and only Mitch or Michael Newman, as he's known to people who read the programs at Mead Games. And we're also going to have uh, Colin O'Rourke. So I'll have completed the Holy Trinity, Davy, in that full forward line, and you're completing. The, the the mead team of of of, uh, of today. I'm doing yesteryear, and you're doing today. Yeah, well, the, different generations, Mickey, isn't it? You know, between <laughs> me and you. But um, yeah, looking forward to Mickey. Like he, he's obviously a great lad, and a lot of similarities probably between um, Brian Stafford in the way he strikes his freeze and everything like that. So you know, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure one of the questions will will be putting out Instagram questions for people to put to Mickey tomorrow. But it'll be interesting to see is there a, a question about the comparison between the two of them. Um, very similar in the, the names of their clubs, Kilmainham and Kilmainham Wood as well. So it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one that. But um, yeah, it's good to have Mickey after having Campo as well. And I think we might have another mid mid player or two coming up in the in the next few weeks as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you said, one from Kilmainham, one from Kilmainham Wood, and yeah. there's only there's only a forest between them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, again, Colin O'Rourke. That would be an interesting one. Um, you know, even even Brian Stafford had some anecdotes about him. Um, Bernard Flynn had some anecdotes about him. So maybe he'll be able to get revenge against the two boys in uh, in his interview. But uh, I'm not. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not looking forward to it. Do you know that kind of way? I, I was just going to say, I, I just just be just prepare yourself mentally for it because. There's going to be some amount of banter between you and O'Rourke. I can't wait for that one. He's going to nail me, you know. Like it's funny because it's funny because we've had so many Barneys down through the years um, uh, on on the training field and at games and the whole lot. We've had loads of Barneys, but you know, there's a great mutual respect there at the same time. And and I know that we'd never have won senior championships without Colin O'Rourke. And Colin O'Rourke knows that he'd never have won senior championships. <laughs> 
I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> save that, save that, save yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's going in the bank. If anybody is listening to this part of the podcast, I would like for you to refrain from saying that to Colm O'Rourke because I'm going to use that against him in, in our... Uh, in a court um, of law, <laughs> in a court of law, and the whole. Um, Davey, um, we also have Seamus Kenny and Conor O'Donoghue coming on, um, and uh, you know that's going to be an interesting one as well. There's so much going on and not going on, um, but you know the the one thing I know we've already touched on it, but they are going to be talking to us about this new divisional championship, mm. and that is one of the things that they do want to talk about. And there's a lot of talk of a lot of counties trying this out. Yeah, and, and like we're probably um, we're probably just a little bit behind the the grid. And again, it'll be interesting to see you know where they envisage it. Will like the plan was for it to come in at the back end of this year, I think, when all the championships, club championships were were said and done. Um, now, who knows that it could possibly be ran off in in late November or early December if weather allowed for it. Because um, even just to trial it this year, Mickey, because I think for a lot of the club players out there, it's probably it's a little bit of the unknown. You're not really sure what it's going to entail, what it's going to, you know, who it's going to involve and everything like that. My understanding would be junior and intermediate clubs, particularly who would have players who maybe have aspirations of playing senior football, but, you know, realistically, some of them aren't ever going to get the opportunity to do that, you know? So, um, that'll be interesting to get their opinion on that. Um, and just see where they can, where they see it going in, in the, in years to come, we'll say. Yeah, and I think it's a great way for for um, these players from these clubs who are deemed to be really good club players, and they think they're good players as well. It's a great way for them to challenge themselves. That's the, the, one of the things that I always uh, tried to do as a as a footballer was, you know, I, I loved playing against a better uh, uh, standard of footballer because yeah. that meant that you had to up your game yourself and you're challenging yourself. So if I can go out and, you know, being uh, an absolute uh, wonder player, like if I went out with an under-12 team now and I was playing, yeah, sure, it'd be great. Do you know that kind of way? But you, know, you, you, you want to go and put, pit yourself against the best um, that there is in the county. And I, I think it's a fabulous opportunity for a lot of players throughout the county. Um, and, of course, we'll be going into more depth with uh, Seamus and Connor on a load of different aspects when we do get to sit down with them later in the week. Um, Davey, I think uh, it's time to maybe go to Instagram Interactive. And uh, you've had a few questions in for us on, uh, on the social media. Yeah, we do. And uh, the first one is from Peter Duffy. And he promised me a good one this week after your little dig at him last week, Mickey. Ooh. So um, he's he's been straight in here with this one. And he says, why Mickey Brennan was not training this year at all? Anonymous. Yeah, um, uh, I was anonymous from the training, yeah, um, because I retired last year. Um, I'm not playing senior, I'm going to play a bit of junior. Um, and when he's put in the amount of years of training in January and February and March that I've done, you know, that's when he can come back to me and say I miss. Funnily enough, I'm just thinking about it now, I don't remember seeing him there last year or the year before or the year before that. Mm. January, I'd say that's, that's probably why he said this year because he knew he yeah. wasn't there in the last yeah. couple of years. But yeah. just to go back to it, you know, I'd say, you know, you've probably put in more years pre-season than he has years to his name. I'd yeah, exa- well, that, well, that's, that's exactly it. 
Wow, Jesus, when you put it like that. Yeah, 20. And, and uh, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> no, 25, 25 years pre-season training. Oh, well, he's not. He's not even, I think no, he's, he's probably 20, is he? 19, 20? He's 19 or 20, yeah. Yeah, At that's all he most, yeah. I'm gonna have to ring. I'm gonna have to ring his father. So I am about this. You're I'm always a, saying that. I'm gonna <laughs> ring Kevin Dovey and I'm gonna have a word with him about the, the abuse that I have to take from his son. Yeah, um, good one, Mick. Uh, Brendan Keg, <laughs> as always, with a good question as well. He said, "Pick a mead game you could go back and relive." Um, and obviously, I'll, I'll let you have a quick think about this when I pick one, because I, I had the opportunity to kind of reminisce. And from my lifetime, it'd have to be the Leinster semi-final from 2010, putting the five goals past the dubs. I, I, that for me, you know, in my recent memory, that was the game that really stood out. Um, I'd just love to be back and, and see it all again. Yeah, uh, I have two. Uh, 87 and uh, 96. 87 was just... I'll uh, Like, I was only eight. Mm. And it was just amazing. And being down on the fair green in Navan waiting for the bus to come home um, and 30,000, 40,000 people jammed into uh, the fair green in Navin. It was just amazing. Um, and then 96, being on the hill, when just literally right behind the row, and there was Mayo supporters and Mead supporters there, and we were all just like going, it was just... It was crazy. We were like, what are we seeing? But we were all like, come on, hit him. Oh, yeah. But it was yeah. like, it was all in jest, nearly, you know, that kind yeah, of way. Yeah, there was yeah. no anger. It was just like, what are we seeing here? This is crazy. And that was, that was um, an absolutely mental moment to be in Co Park. I, I feel that my moments are so much less because, like, we have one in all <laughs> like that. But, like, like other ones that stick out is obviously, like, I love the Tyrone game in 07 and uh, yeah. the AO game in 09. I thought they were, they were, in the last 15 years, they were the three best performances for me. The 07 and 09 quarterfinals and then the Leinster semi in 2010, you know. Mm. And even, even we've had some brilliant performances in the last 12 to 18 months, but I still would hold them games, you know, much higher esteem. Um, and I think the current team will get performances like that. I think we're very close. You've seen it last year, you know, in the Super 8s. Any one of them games could have easily, and suddenly we'd want to be reliving them, you know, and it's only less than a year ago. So, yeah. um, but that, that's a good one. And we'd love to, I'm sure, hear people, people's own opinions, particularly probably the older generation of meat supporters who, who would have fond memories of 87, 96, you know, 88, years like oh, that. Well, 91. 91, 91 yeah. Like, like just, just yeah. some stats on 91, right? 91... First round game is against Dublin in, in Crow Park. There was 51,000 people in Crow Park, nearly 52,000 people in Crow Park for round one of the Leinster Championship. The replay, there was 61,000. The second replay, there was 63,000. And then there was 62,000 at the third replay when we won it. Like, for, and I was at all four of them games. Yeah. And that was... That was mayhem. That was again. That was just crazy to think that there were nearly two hundred and forty thousand people watched a first round Leinster championship tie between Mead and Dublin uh, live in Cobar, which is yeah, incredible. My dad was at the four as well, and like something that he said to me, it was he says it was just like an All Ireland final day every single every week. Day. It was just, yeah. and he says like you said, it just intensified week on week on week to try and get tickets. 
Um, and he says it was just mad, you know, the county was in a frenzy and, you know, it must have been just, when you think about it, like four games against the Dubs, week after week after week is just ridiculous. Saturday evening, Saturday evening, it was just mad. And, and do you know what? Ah. The, the funny thing, funny thing is, is that, the, like, the Dublin supporters get a bit of flack and, and I'm going to put my hand up and say, you know, that I used to like the Dublin supporters. Now, I still have this thing for Dublin that I, you know, something that just grinds me gears. But after that game, when we came out of Crow Park that day, every one of the Dublin supporters says, wasn't that just the best yeah. three, four weeks that we've ever had? We hope you go on and win the All Ireland, and they were being genuine, and that was the yeah. that was the time that my kind of thoughts about the Dublin supporters turned a little. Now, they are, you know, summer supporters and summer weather, <laughs> and that, but like you know, there was nice of them. I, I suppose they probably thought that it was going to end up nil nil or two one to me on the day. <laughs> oh, you had to get the dig in. <laughs> uh, the one and only Jelly, of course, from Simon St. Gales. Um, you know, huge fan of the podcast, obviously. Um, and this is a good question as well. I like this one. He says, funniest or best nicknames Davey and Mickey have heard in the GEA? Yeah, yeah there, there, there's, there, there's, there's a few. Like, um, his isn't bad, is it? No, Jelly. But see, again, you know, who's the real Jelly? He does have this conversation with me. Um, you know, is it, is it Johnny Johnston from Cavan that's the real Jelly? Or is, you know, James the real Jelly? We just... Yeah. Just, who, who, like, who like came we, we have a few like even in Core Town, a lot of the lads would have nicknames like um like we have Hightower, obviously we have Boots and like the stories behind it was Boots when he first came into the dressing room, of course he was coming into a dressing room of you know, the boys were senior at the time and they were flying and they were an experienced older team and he was a young, innocent chap coming in, seventeen years of age, probably younger, probably fifteen or sixteen. And I think it was Gordon Codd and he got he said, you know, when someone joins the club they have to clean someone the boots of the player so Cody gave him boots his boots and he says to Declan Clark is his name but he says to boots you have to go and clean these before you 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 know you start training or you join the club or whatever and boots of course really innocent went and did it you know and the nickname stuck after that and uh, you know incredible there's a good one yeah Back in the day, if Gordon Codd told me I had to wash his boots, I'd have washed Gordon Codd's boots so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I played against him for long enough. He was a tough cookie. Yeah, um, unreal he was. He was a great footballer. But then, like, Two Litre and Kilmainham, there's just a few that, you know, the more you kind of think about them, the, the, the kind of the more there is. I don't know, do you have any in Simonson that stick out? Well, trying to think, well, Squealer, um, yeah. you know, Squealer Kane and... Uh, I'm just trying to think of a few more of the lads. Well, spinners for uh, Sh- yeah. Shane, um, Barry, you know, yeah. Shane Barry. I'm just trying to think of some of the other more. Uh, Crouchy. Crouchy. Well, look, you know, he looks like he looks yeah. like Peter Crouch, you know, yeah. so that's an obvious one. But there are some that are good ones that are you just kind of think where, like, bread loaf and stuff like this. You hear these weird ones coming out, like, and, uh, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, really good one. I must think about that and come back to him, come back to him next week with a few answers. Yeah, um, another regular contributor, Colin McCreevy. Um, he says, me Division 1 status next year. Our, our, or, he means, he says our, but he means or will it be played out? COVID suspense, winky face. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be like uh, Colin to make a spelling mistake. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He'll know what I'm on about. He'll know what I'm on about. Um, <laughs> uh, Look, by the looks of things, 
you know, we are going to be Division 1. Um, yeah. It looks like uh, the league is going to be null and voided this year and that Mead, like, Mead will stay in Division 1. I, I, unless they decide that, you know, maybe next year that instead of playing a full league that they finish off this year's league. Um, and, mm. and, and, and then just go straight into championship and not have a proper league. In like, yeah, I, I don't think so, Mickey, because like for us, if that was to be the case, we'd have two meaningless games. Like, how could you prepare for a championship having two games that don't mean anything? It'd be okay if you were fighting for a promotion. You'd be guaranteed maybe a league final then at the end of it and you'd get three very competitive games. But for the likes of a Mead team, that's far from ideal preparation, I think. Yeah, but you're 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 only thinking about it on a, on a um, on Mead's. Uh, no, terms. there's a lot of lot of teams like Mead. Oh yeah, I know, but 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 you're basically you know you're kind of taking it that that what way am I trying to say this to you? You're you're looking at it through through blinkers. You're only looking at it from the the teams that can't do anything. Yeah. What about the teams that can do something? You know, or the teams that can get promoted, or the teams that, um, you know, are still within striking distance of getting to a final. So I know, I know there's pros and cons to both, but like mm. maybe they, that's the only thing, the only way I could see them playing out this year's Division One or this year's National yeah. Football League yeah. is by finishing it next year and not having a league next year. Um, yeah. 2021 league. I, I think from listening to John Horan on the Sunday game last last week, um. You know, he more or less said that the leagues aren't going to be finished this year. So, you know, take of it what you will. The only fear that I'd have is maybe the likes of the Auburn Cup could be scrapped next January and they might try and finish this year's league before they start next year's league. That's the yeah. only thing that I could probably think of. But I couldn't see them replacing next year's league with just two games or whatever it is of this year's. But anyway, interesting times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, headaches ahead of the fixtures committee and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no idea who the person is or the username, but it's Fashion X Raffles. So they've got in touch and they've asked about any upcoming talent from your clubs we should be watching out for. Oh, okay. Um, you, you surely have plenty there, Mickey. Peter Duffy. <laughs> Peter Duffy, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, he's he's one of the other. But like, there's a, there's there's loads of lads from 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 Simonstown. You have Aaron Chinchilla. You have um, uh, Josh, Car- Josh Carlin. Mm. You know, you've uh, Michael um, Jesus Gavin. Michael Gavin, Gavin. Jesus uh, Michael Gavin. Um, and you know, there, there there are a good few lads coming through at the moment. Um, Eddie Nash, a younger brother of Connor Nash, as well. He's He's at, 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 at he's around eighteen or nineteen now. Mm. So th- there are there are good footballers coming through in Simpson at the moment. Yeah, I think Corton, um we got young Kieran Keaton this year who who would be a huge and will be a huge player for us in the coming years. And that's probably all we got from last year's minor team last year, which was a little bit of a concern. Now there is I'm I'm involved with the under seventeens in, in uh St. Corton, St. Dalton's Corton Gales this year. Um, and, and like we would have, you know, hopefully six or seven lads coming through from that. So we'd, we'd hold out hope. Um, it's just funny with amalgamations in particular. Some years you'll get a glut of players, other years you might get, you might only get one or two. That's just the way it is. Um, teams who are involved in that will know exactly what I mean. But uh, I think, I think from a county perspective, we need good players coming through at the club scene, first and foremost, because 
that's just going to inject new life into the club championship and to, to teams in particular. Like you look at Simonstown and you're, you're after rhyming off probably four or five lads there who are after playing with the Mead 16 team last year. You know, mm-hmm. what a boost that'll be for a club like Simonstown. And I know Summer Hill and St. Colm Kills would say who contested the under-17 final last year. Now they're going to get a huge kick out of the players coming, out with their, coming into their senior ranks this year. Whether they play or not, they're going to be a huge asset for them both this year and, and for the coming years, I think. Yeah, and uh, like I know as well, just again, going back to Simonson, that um, Paul Mead has been over a couple of the younger teams and uh, there was one of his teams got absolutely hammered at the start of the year um, in one of the competitions. I think it was maybe last year. And by the end of the year, they had won their, uh, their relative league or championship against the team that had hammered them at the start of the year. He's doing great work there, Ned Carney and a few of the lads. And I know that there are some seriously good underage footballers coming through at the moment. And if they can keep them together, which I'm sure Paul Mead will be well able to do, um, they'll, they'll go on to big things with Simon Stone and Mead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one, and it's, I think <laughs> this isn't going to be one we're going to solve tonight, I'm afraid, Mickey, but it's, uh, it's from the Honey Badger, Mickey Burke. And he wants to know our best Mead team of the last twenty years. My God, oh, wow. that could take that could take us that could take us twenty years nearly to pick it. Um, yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, you know, it's something that we'll have to maybe sit down and uh, write out and come back to each other of it. And uh, you know, there's a it, it that brings you back to twenty two thousand, yeah, two thousand. Like you know, so you had, you had an All Ireland finalist in two thousand and one. Um, you know, a few semi all Ireland semi finalists scattered throughout it as well. Some really, really good footballers. You must have a look at that. That's a really good question. And and it's probably it's a funny one too because I know a lot of the lads started dropping off maybe after two thousand and one, two thousand and two, two thousand and three. So maybe their best years were in the late nineties. So if we were picking a team, you'd have to probably pick it on form in the last twenty years, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So why yeah. players from the nineties would probably have been shoe ins. Maybe again the two thousands they probably just were starting to decline a little bit and other lads were starting to come to the fore. So the likes of your Trevor Giles obviously you know was playing phenomenal football at that stage. Graham mm-hmm. Garrity was still playing. Darren Fay was coming in. You know um, that'd be a really interesting one I think. Yeah, it really would. We'll we'll have to have a look at that next week. Um, Matt Busby. I don't know is it the original Matt Busby, but I would say um, it is. Yeah, <laughs> he's he said the two lads from Kilmesson, um running 46 plus miles in 48 hours. So that's obviously uh, Shane Brennan and Joey Keena from, uh, from Kilmesson who are do- doing this for charity. And uh, coincidentally, Niall Flynn's actually got in touch with us, um, you know, as a result of seeing this question. And he's given us a bit of information, which was brilliant. So the way Niall described it was four by four by 48 is the challenge. So four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, they will each run 48 miles. They, will, they have raised over €12,000 for Irish Cancer Society already, which is like, unbelievable. And this is actually gathered pace. I, I, was, I was looking at this during the week, and you know, they were starting to get, get a little bit of momentum. But then suddenly people started realising you know, the, the magnitude of what they were actually doing, and it just gathered steam. Um, they've all done the runs in Kilmes and Dunsany and in Mead, Jersey. So they're obviously two of the Mead uh, senior hurlers. They said Central Messon are very good and, and I've looked after them really well. And the last run was at 4pm from Centra in Kilmesson. So 
like phenomenal stuff, unbelievable achievement for the lads and, and well done. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, really commendable. I know a lot of clubs have been getting involved with an awful lot of uh, different charities in recent days and weeks in the last uh, since the pandemic and it's just great to see these types of initiatives and people uh, taking it upon themselves to do such great work uh, well done to the two boys mm, and there were so many other clubs I know Gail, Colum, Kill were, were doing something and Sanchestown have done it in previous weeks and like that's probably one of the really great things that have, has come out of this pandemic as you say Mick like the, the, the spread of charities which have been um, boosted significantly as a result of GEA clubs, you know, taking it upon themselves, not being asked, but taking it on their own bat to go and do something um, and raise a few pounds. I think it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant that the GEA have got behind them because I know they've benefited from it, but this is their time of the year for, for doing all of their, like, you, you know, you have your Darkness into Light for Pieta House that takes place every year on the, the, the first second Saturday of May and, and that obviously wasn't able to happen this year so the GA community got behind it and I know they would have lost out on what they would have made in, in recent years but yeah. at least you know the GA community are getting behind them and you know it's this time of the year when most of the charities are able to do their fun runs and they're able to do all the different things and you know uh, the GA haven't just sat there and, and, and watched it all uh, go to waste they've got behind a lot of these charities and as you say it's absolutely wonderful to see such a uh, it just brings it all back to the GA being the heart and the hub of the community, and mm. we're just delighted to be a part of the GA. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, Any, that's all of the Instagram. Sorry, Mick. Whoa, hang on a second. No, 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 that no, has to be more. We're missing someone. We're missing someone. We're missing someone. Check Instagram again. He has to have put one up today as well. He did. One and only. He, he has tapes. No. What? This is it. Like uh, we're gonna have to have a word. I'm. I actually. I looked through them. I've been looking through them obviously all day, you know. And he's seen our stories, and that's usually he comes in at the eleventh hour sometimes, but he never did. So, um, I think we'll we'll have to have a quick word about him. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to send him a text. So I am. <laughs> I'm going to see if we can get our question for Instagram. It was only last Monday. I told him that he was now an honourable, um, uh, he was getting an honourable mention on every podcast from here on in because he, he, he always comes in with a question. So I'm just going to text him, no question for the podcast, P.S. <laughs> so, um, P.S. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sent. We'll see if it delivers to him before we finish up. Have you anything else that you ha- want to bring to the podcast this week, Davey? Um, you, may find, you may find something because we need time. Oh, wait, he's typing. Go on, no, talk about I, you. I don't know what to say to you. Uh, suspense <laughs> is killing me, Mickey. Um, and the beauty about this is he will probably write back straight away with this unreal question off the top of his head. Such is the genius of the man. But, uh, you know, he better because uh, <laughs> we're, we're running out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just after replying and he said, shit, forgot all about it. Give me... <laughs> Give me, give me five minutes, and I just says, oh. we're, we're, we are nearly finished here, Paddy. Yeah, the laughy faces and all going on. He is uh, thinking up a question for us. So what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll just, just uh, remind people that on our Patreon service, 
Patreon forward slash VRE, you will get all of the interviews that we've done recently. Davy Nelson, Brian Stafford, we've got Mickey Newman coming up this week. We've got uh, Colin O'Rourke coming up as well. We've done Bernard Flynn. We did uh, Alan Nestor. We have Andy McIntyre. All of them in the can. They're all sitting there waiting to be uh, heard by our listeners. Of course, coming up this week, we will also be doing Seamus Kenny and Connor Donoghue on our We Are Mead uh, podcast. They are going to be sitting down to speak with us about um, the divisional championships and, uh, and different things. I know that if anybody out there has questions for the county board or Seamus or anything like that, throw them to us. I know we've had a few already that we said we were going to bring to the county board. Um, I, can't, I can't remember. There's, I know there's a few being sent to us on Facebook and Twitter and and uh, and through the Patreon service as well, and we will bring them to them. Davy, um, just go back. My internet's held up fine for the last forty minutes, hasn't it? It has, yeah, for a change. You did well, text. All, you did text all the family just before we started and said, "Look, stay off the internet, will you?" I'm doing the podcast with Mickey. Now, to be fair, just going back to the Davy Nelson one, I'm still convinced it was him. Like he's living in Dundry, so neither would be. You've probably seen this ad on the television for Aaron Moore. The, the, the island off off Ireland that they've got 4G in or whatever. Um, so I think Bormean and Dunry will probably be the next. I think Mickey Newman though is living in Kells at the minute, so hopefully Mickey's internet will hold up. But if, yeah. if he's in, in Kilmainham, we could be in trouble. <laughs> that that could be a podcast in itself. You know, we could get on to Vodafone and Air and Sky and whatever, and all the broadband providers around Mead and uh, and and discuss. Where are the black spots around me? Then where are the good spots? And maybe we could yeah. do our do our interviews based on that. Now, hang on a second. The phone has beeped. Here we go. Ah, oh, yeah. There we go. So he sends a picture as well. And the question is, Davy, is there anything better than a good rare steak with big chunky chips? Mickey, I don't eat steak. What? Yeah. Are you are you for real? You know I'm a bad eater. Yeah, you eat takeaways, eat pizza. Um, I, so well, I, don't, I don't eat takeaways all the time. But we, we, I, oh, come on, no, you do. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you don't eat steak. No. And on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, remember, we are mead. Why? It matters more. <laughs>